Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Lios enchim anyevu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all, and welcome to my podcast, the Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. All right, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a recap of Reservation Dogs, episode number five. I got the idea to do a recap and discussion off of Twitter and of Clubhouse. So this is going to be a recap. It's going to be a weekly recap. We're going to hang out here with a couple of my uh, Clubhouse regulars, a couple of my mods, including uh, Cheryl Lee, Naomi, AC, Nia, Sky, Laurel, Yolanda, Daisy, Thomas, and many more to mention later on in the episode. They're going to be contributing to these uh, to the discussion from an indigenous perspective. So we're gonna have we're gonna cover the deer woman. We have someone from New Zealand. We're gonna discuss the light horseman, what it means. We're gonna even get into a couple of the folklore, Bigfoot, the little people, what they are, who they are. Uh, a little bit of the band history, some trivia from Redbone, um, and also uh, we even get into uh, some other conversations, including uh, tribal law enforcement, the norms, the police, the cops, tribal, state, federal. We go all over the place. It's a really neat conversation. I really had fun with this episode, even uh, some some not-so-light stuff like the uh, Native men. Uh, why are they getting killed or murdered? Uh, tribal elections. You know, we go all over the place. It's a really good little episode we uh, recovered um, here in episode number five. So I hope you like it. And uh, I had a lot of fun with this episode. So I hope you like it and I hope you like the podcast. And thank you for everyone for listening and tuning in um, to the podcast. And uh, we're going to be doing this type of uh, recap every um every Tuesday. So I hope you listen to the next one. So this is Pete and uh, don't forget health is wealth. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll uh, go ahead and uh, go on with the episode. Thanks. No, I'm just a fan, fan, fan of the episodes. And we, we, the way it started, well, I'll just do a little recap. We were talking about movies in another room. Well, actually, it might have been on Twitter, but someone asked if they should do a podcast on this or people talking about it, recap discussion. So I was like, well, we'll start one on Clubhouse. We'll just make a room and we'll just chat about it. And um, we did we did our first one last week, um, Tuesday. So it went really well. It went for two hours and we were amazed. The conversation was pretty good. And episode four was a little bit different, kind of took everyone back um, with that episode with uh, Bear's dad, so that was really good, but I really like this episode, um, it was called Come and Get Your Love, episode 5, so we're just going to chit chat about this, I won't play music throughout the whole thing, I have like samples and stuff, I'm a little bit tired, so if I sound a little flat, sorry, I'm going to try to live, I should have got my Red Bull, 
and Diet Pepsi, my signature drink. But, um, nah, I didn't. Hey, there's Daisy. She changed her profile pic. That's cool. I was going to change mine, too. I know Mark did, but uh, maybe I still have time. Maybe I will. Yeah, welcome to the Reservation Dogs Season 1, Episode 5, everyone. We're just going to chat today about the episode and Reservation Dogs. Um, the Episode 5 came out yesterday on Hulu. Hulu FX, I think it's called FX. It's just going to be popcorn. We're just going to come, if you want to come up on the stage, just raise your hand. There's me. I'm going to invite people up here. Um, and we're just going to chit-chat on episode five. I'm going to find a good pick to P PTR. And um, I guess, I guess I can go first. This episode is called, let me turn off the music right now real quick. Boom. This episode was called... I loved it. It was called Come and Get Your Love. I, I, I When I first saw the title, heard the title, saw the title, I was like, this is going to be... It has to do something with Redbone. The band. The music. The song. And I was right. But I, I really loved the, the ending. I love the beginning. The way... Um, what's his name? The police officer's name? Um, Big. He named his car yeah, yeah. Redbone. Redbone 1, and he's getting a new car. He's going to call it Redbone 2. So, and it, plus it's one of my favorite songs. And he called it, this, this is an old snagging song. I don't know if you guys caught that. But it was cool. But the opening scene, what did you guys think of that? Neon, AC, anybody in the audience? With that lady. There's always like a little bit With of the folk. Dear one. That's With what the they called her. They always, yeah, there's always, they had the owl in episode three with Brownie, Uncle, was it Uncle Brownie? Anyways, and now they have another little folklore little thing with the, with the deer lady with the hoof feet. So that kind of, that was kind of cool. A little bit of folklore. Deer woman is not folklore. It's not? Deer woman is real. It's real. Deer woman is real. Oh my gosh. So, in your culture, Neom, oh, you know what? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, because I left my, um, I'm getting a poor connection. I forgot I left my uh, Wi-Fi at work, so I'm working off my my regular Wi-Fi here at home, and it's not that strong. You're good. You're good. Okay, because I keep getting that red bar, but we'll continue. So, it's real. So... Tell us about that, if you don't mind, Neon, and your culture. Um, well. Or AC or anyone. That's all, I, that's all I can really tell you. It's real, and that's all I can tell you. Because I can't, I'm not going to be giving away all this stuff. But I was kind of shocked to see the Deer Woman make an appearance. But it's not the first time I saw Deer Woman make an appearance in, in film, so... But it was funny, and I liked it, and I really enjoyed seeing Kyra Gordon okay. in that opening. So, that's actually, that's the first time I've heard of Deer Woman. Actually, that that name. Usually in our culture, or even in the, because um, in the Mexican or Hispanic, if you see, like, a person in, or a... Uh, Something appear with a hoof or hooves, feet. That means evil or something that's evil 
or like have to do with the you know something evil or the devil or something like that like a goat goat feet so turn off this thing that's what i got that is but i've never heard of deer woman before till till this episode episode five what about you ac yeah i had actually never heard of deer woman before either you know i i haven't looked into the story but i do know that it is based on some traditions of some of the tribes in Oklahoma and even in other areas. Uh, she is on a mission, and I think the episode told her story well in terms of what she was doing and what she was not doing. So that part of it I liked. But other than that, I don't. this is my first encounter with Dear Woman and her story. Right. I'm glad I'm not, not the only one. So her, I know towards the end, she's, what does she do? She kills bad men, but I'm not going to kill you. She told a big, because you're, what? You're a good, you're going to be good, or you're going to be a good man. But I was like, whoa, okay. I like your woman. She's pretty cool. But yeah, it's the first time I heard it. So I, I liked it. It was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was really badass, um, the opening scene, the way that you're, like, a little bit afraid for her at first. You know, you're just like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And then she pulls out that thing. <laughs> you're, like, afraid for the dude in the car by that point. Um, it all just, like, switches. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, but then also, like, the other scene with her. I don't know if you guys want to get into that yet the other scene you know what i mean yeah we're just uh, are you talking about the scene where what was it the in the um the convenience store right where they're yes. getting held up and yeah and then um that i was so i was kind of on edge like thinking is something gonna happen to because that was big when he was a kid right yeah, this episode yes. was kind of the reason he Around got into him. law enforcement. Yeah, exactly. And it felt like when she told the guy in the first scene, like, "Oh, I have a family member." I think she said in like Southern Oklahoma or some. It was a different part of the state that she was um, telling the guy in the car, like, "Please take me to that part of the state because um, I have some family over there, and I have to get to this function." But in the other scene where, like, Big is a little kid and he's, like, in the bathroom stall and you're, like, scared that they're going to find him and harm him, like, it seems like she was already, like, she had gotten to where he was staying at by that point, right? How did she appear there, like, at that moment? I, in the convenience store, I just, she was just in the store on that scene, right? Naomi, AC? Yeah, she was just in the store. And I like that they portrayed her as a protector. Um, she knew he was in the bathroom. And I just, I found it extremely hilarious when she um, hands big the toilet paper under the, uh, oh, under yeah. the stall. Yeah, I so my interpretation of her appearing is that like and it kind of comes out at the end that 
she's sort of like assigned to protect him in his life. Um, it feels like the connect, cause she says it like she knew his grandmother and there's like this connection and she like wants to make sure he's not, um, you know, deviant, like he's not straying or like becoming one of these bad guys that she has to go after. So it felt like she appeared in the bathroom scene, like because she knew he was in danger and it almost felt like she was, yeah. Like saving him. Like she knew where he would be at that moment that he was going to be in danger. Sorry. Yes. Yes. By all means, popcorn, just go ahead. Well, I looked it up because I wasn't familiar with it. And, um, According to these native sites, it and I put together several different ones that she's a shape shifting um, individual that helped women conceive. And so I tracked back to the first scene was him looking at her getting into a car, and then it was later on I think that she appeared in the in the store, right. Um, and he went to the bathroom. And so it makes sense that you're tying in that with her concern for him because maybe she helped either the grandmother or the mother conceive. So um, it would make sense that she might be following and has have a vested interest in him. Um, usually she's considered some kind of benign spirit thing until she encounters a promiscuous man and then she kills him. It's over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because when they were at that, the burial scene, when Biggs, um, he's small. He said something about her mom or was it her grandmom? He said something. I've known her. I know her or something. I can't remember. I watched the episode yesterday. Yeah, he definitely late. said, I, I knew your grandma. Yeah. He definitely said that. So, yeah, Laurel. Definitely. I remember that. He's not knew your grandma or something like that. Dear lady. Interesting. Interesting. Scary, but interesting. So what do you think about Wes Studi? As I, I that was a surprise. That was kind of cool. I like seeing him um, as the uh, I think it was a cousin, right? A big in town chilling on the bench what do you think of his uh character in this episode i thought it was really good it was funny i loved him yeah um, i personally love him yeah that's great. yeah I, I loved him um especially when he was they were doing the chase in the in the truck but i'll wait till we get there yeah we're just jumping around i mean I, we could talk about that part or uh, I just take little notes here and there, but yeah, it was the whole, I like the ride along. And another thing that got, that kind of was surprised me, they didn't really show any of the other, of the other, um, the main characters, maybe just a little tiny little, like a flashback. And mostly it was all big cheese and a couple of the other characters. It was kind of, kind of refreshing, kind of new. I liked, uh, I liked it. So it was kind of cool. I liked I... it. I'm always surprised. I found that interesting too, because usually in, in half hour sitcom, you know, all of the characters are established and we're still getting introduced to, to new people at this point. Um, 
So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe these are all just origin stories of all the characters and we, and they somehow get tied up in maybe a second season. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I too felt like it was lending to more character development, going deeper rather than wider with all these different stories. Right. Definitely. But Western. I thought it was cute, like, that they have Cheese, the little boy, like, connecting with Big. Um, I never really thought I would, like, enjoy, you know, a police officer character, but there it is. I don't know. He's <laughs> he's really pathetic, and I, I like that. Um, yeah. I feel like there was something else about that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't know about this... Um, what did they call him? Uh, Light Horseman. Uh, I just looked that up. That like apparently that is like some tribes have police officers called Light Horsemen. Creek Nation. Um, their police department is referred to as Light Horsemen. And that goes um, all the way back to uh, the early history of the tribe when they were... Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but that's what they and uh, the council originally named them as Light Horsemen. So that's a real thing. Thank you, Neil. That's why she's on our, she's one of our moderators. She's from, are you from, uh, I know you're in Oklahoma, but. I'm in Los Angeles, but I grew up in Oklahoma. Okay. Perfect. I want to welcome. Oh, oh and but I did want to make mention of the profanity in this episode. Um, and I heard you say earlier that you didn't hear any. You hardly heard any. I was um, actually tracking it. So um, at least uh, up into eight minutes, there is quite a bit of profanity, more than I've ever heard in any of the other episodes. And. Um, I don't know if the other episodes have as much profanity as this particular episode does, but um, I, I, I like it because it is true to how people communicate and that particular, where the episode is set, that is how the people communicate. They just use a lot of profanity. So I thought that was interesting and funny. Gosh. Tracy, he was uh, doing a piece on that. He said they to count episode three, how many F-words, F-bombs they dropped, but I didn't count. He says there's a lot, but I don't know. I'm, I, I got to watch it again, episode five, this episode. Like I said, I had a really busy week. It's only Tuesday, but it's like, oh my gosh, all these deadlines and stuff. So I got to watch it again, definitely, definitely. But I know, I want to welcome, uh, let's see, Sky, Daisy. So what'd you think about the episode five the the um let me let me play my sound bite come and get your love episode with big and cheese and west duty his name was bucky i believe i do have a question for for everyone even the moderators because there was a part on there that referenced to another i think it was episode one but i didn't catch it but uh we'll let you uh you know, say a few words, Sky or Daisy. What do you guys think? Uh, Kia guys. Um, yeah, my name is Sky, and I am an Indigenous Māori to New Zealand. And 
So the creators of the show, one is Taika Waititi. He is also Indigenous Māori. Um, and Sterling Hajo, which I think is the Native American, um, the producer and other director. And so here in New Zealand, like, we, we love watching it, uh, um, love, love watching this program uh, wherever we can get the access to the episodes. Um, and just on the subject of the dear lady, um, and something that me and my husband, who is Indigenous uh, Samoan Polynesian, mm-hmm. um, like when Taika Waititi engages in um, like Indigenous esque pieces of work, whether they're short films or bigger films, he always has this really special way of, I I guess, like putting forward like the archetypes. And one thing that we noticed, me and my husband. Um, watching these episodes and especially now seeing Dear Lady like I loved her character and I was so interested in it thank you everyone for sharing those little bits and pieces about um, her character but what we noticed is that like in terms of like indigenous archetypes like when we watch the program we recognize the same sort of I guess like the the racist tropes like the um the the cops that come around and give um, cheese and the light horseman a hard time and even like the comics they might like we see similar things here in New Zealand um, with our yeah with our indigenous people and I think the same for my husband in different parts of Polynesia and then for like and one thing I've been tracking the whole five episodes is this commentary in the background um, about women and like an indigenous woman's place in a community and I think someone mentioned before about how we're still getting new new um new characters as opposed to like the first two episodes sort of setting the scene and we've got those characters like for how it yeah for the whole um series like we're still getting new ones and I think I think it's on your theory that Taika and Sterling are doing that because what they're really wanting to show everyone is like in the an indigenous community, like we're not all so different from each other, but like, you know, you've got a crazy uncle who lives down the road who does some out of it stuff sometimes that you don't really understand. Um, the place of woman, so like you see uh, the main character's mum and just her sort of struggling to you know be a single mom and then date and then she comes across that dude with the confederate flag tattooed on his arm and then just his ignorance when he's talking to her and she sort of rolls her eyes and goes away uh, and then um you know and even with the with the dear lady like she represents like i, I know like my own family we have strong feminine matriarchs who you know, like they not only look out for us, but they also protect us. Um, I'm not going to say they've murdered anyone, not that I know of, <laughs> pre-colonization, post-colonization. Um, but like, it's it's one of the things that we love watching is just him or both the the creative directors bring the archetypes that we live with every day to life in such a succinct manner for, I guess, everyone to consume. I'm not too sure whatever. Everyone else thinks, but I would love to hear. Uh, thank you for the time being up here on stage, and I'm finished speaking. Thank you, Sky. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Nia. Sagoli, Sagoli, Sagoli. Hi, everyone. It's Daisy calling in from uh, Ho Chunk and Potawatomi lands in Chicago. Um, yeah, I've been just kind of listening to you all, and and I just watched the this last episode for the second time right before this room. I haven't made it to, to past rooms, but um, I really enjoyed this one. I, I really enjoyed, I think like all the episodes till now certainly has portrayed a lot of like 
contemporary culture in our in our communities, which I also think is often missing in mainstream film and TV. But bringing that cultural aspect to it in a way that wasn't fetishized or romanticized, but also like really uplifting the power of our women and the role of our women, I thought was, I really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I really enjoyed this, this episode a lot. And I, I think one of the points um, around like profanity, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I also think that's like a big part of our contemporary culture. And so just seeing like the mix of, of culture and, uh, you know, um, ancestrally and also in like a contemporary form, I th- thought it was brought together very beautifully. So yeah, thanks for holding this space. Cool. Thanks, Daisy. You, I thought you were here at our last um, recap last week. Like dear woman here and not here at the same time. <laughs> You're gonna scare us, guys. But uh, Nia, how's it going, Nia? Did you watch episode five, and what'd you think? Hey, Pete. Hey, everyone. Yes, I did. Um, like everyone else, I did enjoy it. Uh, it was nice to get back to the comedy side of things, and I liked how they focused on cheese and big because I think they're my favorite characters and I was afraid that they were just there for comic relief so it was nice for them, for them to have their own episode so that we can get to learn more about them and to see the evolution of, of them bonding because Cheese was sort of like making fun of him in the beginning and by the buddy end of the episode he had respect for him which I thought was nice yes what do you think about the dear lady have you heard of that I know I've never heard of it. AC's never heard of that term, dear lady. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't heard of dear lady. Well, I've heard something, but um, I think me, you, and AC are more from the Southwest, so um, we have different um, stories of our own. So it was it was nice to learn about uh, a different cultures, um, sort of. Um, what what's the word I'm trying to say <laughs> uh, of their characters in their cultures um, that are deemed as not so much the boogeyman but the people who are spirit who are spirits within our tribes. Right. I- yes, but when I saw her hooves, um, that was a little scary because it gave me um, deja vu of uh, as me as a Navajo skinwalkers and all that that's that's what <laughs> that's what i got out of that i thought skinwalker evil when i saw that wait can we also talk about the fact that bigfoot comes up did you guys notice that yes bigfoot and the catfish heads that's what i was going to ask the group because i remember there was a bunch of catfish i think it was an episode one. it was like an ending scene i think it was on episode one or two and he brings that up like I've seen some weird stuff out here. That's my big voice. Exactly. <laughs> and then he brings up catfish heads again. And I thought I remember one scene, I think it was Apple's the first one. It's like the ending. He's like looks up at the ground, he's picking up where all these catfish heads are lying around. So there was a little connection. There's I like the way they always connect like other episodes, which is really cool. I like it. Hey Thomas. Like oh, I'm he, sorry. Go ahead. 
I know I like that big brought up Bigfoot because um in in Muskogee lands um in eastern Oklahoma Bigfoot is is also real and um I remember stories my great grandmother used to uh used to tell us and it was it was scary it was actually really frightening because she would tell us when we would go spend the weekend with her. And this is when we were really little. She would tell us to be quiet. Don't make any noise. If you smell anything that smells like fresh baked bread or shit, just close your eyes. And when you, and there were a couple of times where when I did in the middle of the night, smell fresh baked bread that just came out of nowhere. Or just this horrible, you know, shit smell. And it would be so frightening. But that that was Bigfoot. So in Creek Nation, Bigfoot is real also. Is that because he's he likes to make bread and likes to poop? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's because it's how he smells. And that's the stories. So he smells like that all the time? He, he'll either, I, I don't know what determines when and why he'll smell like bread or shit, but it's one of the two. So when you're in the backwoods of Eastern Oklahoma and you smell that, that is Bigfoot nearby. Thomas is here from Bigfoot country. Yeah. Welcome Thomas and Miss Exotica. But, um, yeah, if you guys want to chime in, we're just doing popcorn style, talking about episode five of Reservation Dogs in our club. It's a good day to be indigenous. And I got to play my sound bites. This uh, episode was called Come and Get Your Love. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Exotica, did you want to chime in before I, before I say my oh, piece? Yeah, or? Sure. I can I can popcorn it too. Um, yeah, yeah, so I come from popcorn. Bigfoot country. I, I did appreciate the the mention of Bigfoot in there and and um, just the whole the whole series so far. Like I really I really uh, like this last one the most, as it sounds like everybody else did in the past as well. Um, and um, sorry, I was getting messages there, and it threw me off, Daisy. Um, I, one of the one of the things that I just kind of wanted to mention uh, about this last episode is how uh, I forget his name, the young man in the photo that I have here from PTR. Um, yeah, cheese. Uh, in the in the episode before this, he's like searching for some type of connection, uh, deeper connection to the community on a personal level. How he kind of takes that woman in as grandma, and then uh, this this next episode where he's. Uh, wanting to travel around with the, with the tribal police officers and, um, you know, try to build community there as well, which I feel like is an overlying factor in maybe the whole series as they're all trying to raise money to leave, um, to go to, to California. Um, and, uh, and, you know, some of them are, are finding other, other paths and that's kind of coming into maybe some conflict there we'll see in the future episodes um but i also am familiar with uh deer woman which uh, a lot of tribes in the northwest idaho oregon washington area have stories of deer woman and um 
yeah, I can save those stories for another time, but it's definitely embedded in, in tribal uh, oral histories. Hello, can you guys hear me? Yes. Hello, everybody. My name's Miss Exotica. Um, we have Bigfoot here in Washington State. And here it smells like a swamp. So um, for, for our people... Um, we don't, we don't have deer woman, but we have goat man. And so I know it's not the same, but that's what I still felt very connected to that symbolism, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Closest we have is the chupacabra. I'm like right by the Mexican border in Arizona. And that means goat sucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, I was going to ask, um, the, uh, what was it going? Oh, I forgot. Let me see. Let me go back on my little notes here. The copper sculptures. Is that is that another I don't know, like a I don't know. Did you see did you did, remember that scene where uh West Duty's little he was making all those little copper sculptures and putting them all over on um, people's houses and freaking them out and Bucky I mean uh Big was like, Stop doing that. You're freaking the whole town out. What'd you think of that whole scene with the little sculptures? <laughs> um, that- the one thing I got from that is that they were little people. You know, the those sculptures were little people, and little people are are real in in Creek Country. So, um, but also, I think a lot of people in the area, and probably all over Oklahoma and everywhere else, you know, they just a certain kind of person steals copper to, you know, support themselves, make money for, you know, whatever reason. So I kind of got both sides of, of why that was being mentioned there. Okay. Yeah. And they keep bringing up the scrapyard crew. Well, I call them the crew. They're pretty funny, but I don't, I don't watch too many movies. So what, the, what is the Kumate, Kumate, what is, is that from a movie? I don't understand. I know they were saying that over it's and a over. It's kid, I think. Is it? Maybe. Yeah. Because I know the guy was like saying something dumb or, I don't know. Then he started saying, Kumate, Kumate. And I asked my wife, what is, I know that's from a movie, but I don't know what it references to or, I don't I know. I think it references to Karate Kid in their, uh, the dojo that those uh, white boys were coming out of. But I'm not positive. Yeah. Okay. I was totally wrong. Man. I thought it was Torah, Torah, Torah. Hey, just as a question, um, Nate, now just sort of directing it your way. Um, you met, you've mentioned the little people, I think, twice now, and then the, I, I also found the, the part about the, um, the little copper people really interesting. But now hearing, um, you know, what you said that they, uh, yeah, the meaning behind it. Um, like here in New Zealand, like we also have fair, like easy um, white translation being fairies, but we call them Patipati here. But um, we don't necessarily like we know like certain times of like the night, certain forests, like do not go there, don't go hang out in there. And like in our culture, um, some are good, some aren't that great. But I just, I was just interested, like, um, you know, in your guys' culture or whether it's based on, like, geographically, like, does one want to engage with little people or, or not so much? 
Sorry, guys. I I got a phone call. Is there anyone? Is there any way you can quickly catch me up about the little people? Like, what did everyone say about that? Is there a way to get a quick recap? Oh, Sky was just asking the question, so maybe she can reiterate it. Oh, hey, I was just wanting to know, like, in your in culture league, or is it whether it was based tribally, um, ge- by geographics, are uh, little people a a good like a good or a bad thing or is it or is there really no sort of nuance or depending on what's you know like in what way would one want to engage with them or not i i can go first (laughs) um this is all (laughs) so we have little people in our culture and actually kind of feel uncomfortable talking about this because we don't talk about them they're like tricksters they take our children and um yeah they're just not good beings um and it's something that we we don't speak of uh they usually hang out a lot by the water um so like that's why we have to like keep extra eyes on our little ones when they're swimming or when they're they're out by themselves so yeah i'm just like listening to all this and i'm like oh my god stop saying that (laughs) but it's also like recognizing that i think from what i've heard like there's that concept exists in a lot of different people's cultures and it's not necessarily negative but for mine it is we we too have little people here in norcal and in the northwest with northwestern tribes uh, sharing similar stories uh like in idaho they call them stick indians um but it's similar to daisies we don't really talk about them they're uh, they're in their own realm uh we try not to cross their paths uh they let us see them when they want to uh they can kind of go in between the realms but the little trinkets uh was was kind of catching to me in the last show because uh they're here locally they're known for liking little trinkets like that little shiny stuff and things like those little copper statues that they were making yeah, for Muscogee people, um, you you do not want to run into one, engage with one, because it will not be good. Uh, I feel, like Daisy was saying, I feel a little scared just thinking about them because I don't want to inadvertently call one and then they show up at my fucking door, you know? So, they're real. Little people are real. And they can hear you talking about him. So through Clubhouse, everybody's gonna have nightmares now. Scared to turn all my lights on. <laughs> that's that's funny. They're gonna come knocking on the windows and shit. <laughs> I know. I said the S word earlier, the S walking word, and I'm not supposed to talk about that either. But it's not dark yet, so I'm good. Oh man, oh man. Let's start our own series, Little People. Just kidding. Well, in our culture, little people are called Surem, and we have them in our culture, and they're part of our origin stories. And they're enchanted people. They're not bad in our culture, the Yaki culture. They're not bad. Um, they're enchanted people. We have our own little people. It's part of our, like I said, origin stories. You hear it. In our our stories, actually, I share them with our with our group here in, the, in our tribe. But they're not they're not evil. They're enchanted, and um, there's a lot of stories about them 
in uh, Mexico or here in the U.S. But that's kind of interesting contrast. They're not scary. I mean, if you see them, I mean, I've heard stories of other elders seeing them. Just little people, usually around noon, high noon, if you happen to see them. But they, they, they're not, they don't do any harm. They're called enchanted people. But that's interesting. All the cultures, native culture, indigenous, have little people. Maybe they're extraterrestrial? Hmm? Thanks for sharing, guys. And with the greatest, the greatest of respect, I will let that part of the conversation lie and we can carry on to something else. <laughs> yes, let's carry on. <laughs> I, I, Sorry. I wanted to add to the uh, discussion of those small, smaller people. Sure. Uh, also in Hawaii, there is a legend of the Menehune. Nice. They are the, the little people, and all of Hawaiian uh, temple architecture, archaeology, you know, when they ask, who built these things? They said the Menehune did. It's these, they're supposed to be these little people who kind of assist, and, you know, they build things. They build the rock walls and all that stuff. Sorry, just that's really interesting. We're just doing popcorn, just a little recap. Well, this is a, a good day to be Indigenous Club. We do this every Tuesday, actually, this club. We're just doing recaps of Reservation Dogs. Um, season 1, Episode 5 was yesterday, so we're just yeah, decided to it. do a... Yeah, we just decided to do a little recap and talk. And uh, last... This is our second one, so uh, we're just recapping and... Uh, just talking about the show i think it's really cool and this is being recorded yeah. so yeah I, I absolutely loved the episode i was it was incredible i loved all the it was and it was great art for uh yeah character development for big to actually i you know he really changed from like a buffoon cop to now he has like this good this force of good spirit it's just incredible now uh, thank you for allowing me yeah, thank you. And I, I really love the big. His character is really, really, really good. P, I just kind of wanted to respond to, to Mana about the placing of the rocks, because um, that's part of part of our, our story here as well in uh, Northern California. And um, I was like, I'm, you're yeah, supposed to be careful and, and conscious about, you know, picking up rocks and moving them around because uh, they were placed there by by who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, here in Hawaii, they've had problems over the years with people taking rocks. So sometimes tourists would take a piece of a temple or something like that, and they'll take it home with them. And then they would mail them back to Hawaii to say, hey, uh, you know, something that had happened. Usually tragedy. It's really a bad, bad thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. Thank you for, for sharing that. Awesome. So... If anyone wants to come up, Sarah, Alex, I see some people in the audience. Nicole, Grace, Heather, Adrian. Loki Lani. Loki Lani's down there. Everybody changes their pictures. I'm like trying to figure out who's who. <laughs> Loki Lani changed her old name. Now it's, it's cool. But welcome in. We're just popcorn style talking about um, play some tunes. I got some little sound bites, so I don't know. Let's have fun. William, nice man. Sorry, I had to play that. That's like my favorite. And we can talk about the other episodes. Episode three with Uncle Brown. I want that ringtone. Which is so cool. This one? William, nice man. 
Yep. It's, that would be a ringtone. It's <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> my alarm. And I do invite some of the actors to Clubhouse, but Gary Farmer, I believe, is busy. He's on here. Uh, what's um, uh, Little Mike, Funny Bone. I know they like one of my tweets, so I tweeted him back, and I said, hey, we need to do a room tomorrow. Come and join us. Um, you can join Clubhouse, but they're probably busy, too, so we'll see. We'll, we'll get someone on here maybe next time. Uh, sorry, Loke, I, I just, we were just talking about what they were referring to in the room as the little people, and I brought up the Menehune. I, I don't know, could you elaborate? I, I might have butchered the uh, explanation of what the Menehune mean. I don't know if it's if it was general knowledge for you. Oh yeah, um, I grew up like about a mile away from this ditch that they built, and it was like an overnight kind of a thing, um, very organized. And they wouldn't do the job unless they were all paid. So in that case, it was uh, they all got a piece of shrimp, and they were commissioned by um, one of my ancestors. My grandmother's last name is Kualu, and so the chief in these legends, uh, his name was Kualunui Paukumokumoku. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, his, uh, his son, Ola. Um, my great-grandfather carries the name Nui Aola. And uh, he's a, a descendant of Ola. So uh, this was the chief that hired the Menehune to uh, make that water diversion. Um, so that the water could be carried out towards the west side because normally that water would just flow you know in, into the river and it just continue south and um, the Menihuni they were um, like a shorter step you know they were shorter people than you know the Hawaiians that came later I mean there was a multiple waves of migration to Hawaii and um, yeah, many of them, they, they just happen to be smaller. I'm not sure what Mana mentioned, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I was, that's I was telling them, yeah, I was telling them that they, they build Heyo, they build, you know, rock structures and things like that. At least the explanation, you know, kind of like in Rapa Nui and Easter Island when they, when they asked the natives, oh, uh, you know, how these things get here? And they, they say they walk there. You know, and that was kind of like the explanation when they say, hey, who built these Heyo? They would say, oh, the Minihune built them. At least that's from what I, you know, gathered over the years. But, oh, thank you for that explanation, though. And I'm Olelu Mahalo. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, with the way that the rocks were interlocked, they weren't just square, bro lot, um, square rocks. They were cut in some ways. You know, like how tongue and groove kind of snaps together? Like, some of the rocks were cut that way so that they fit and they'll they'll lock together which i thought was pretty cool and um what on they also made fish ponds yeah. yeah so yeah, fish ponds you. if you don't know are like um for those that don't know it's it's these uh rock walls that extend outside of the land at the ocean And um, it was a means for 
see her fading out. Is it just me or are you in the Matrix right now? Yeah, she's Matrix. It's the little people. They're saying they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like it. They're saying don't do that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we don't talk about them. Yep. Look, yeah, she's... maybe that's my signal. I, yeah. I, I found especially Wes Studi's character when he described you know, the copper figurines and talk, he also talked about the copper, like the metal. It was supposed to be like protective and he was wearing that crown. I was like, was what a Was anybody surprised with his uh, wife? Was it his wife or was his significant other? I think they said his wife. He right? said wife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She said it was a, a white lady or something like that. She's yeah. a white lady. He makes the figurines, and he sleeps. He sleeps all over the place at all different hours, so that he can plant them without anyone seeing him. Uh, why was he on the bench? He said he had a a fight, right? Yeah, his white woman kicked him out. His white, she's a white lady, and they're like, oh, okay, uh huh. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about together? <laughs> I was gonna say, um, the Confederate flag came up again. Did you guys did it? it? Oh, yes. It came up a lot. It was it on that scene, the... on that bar scene with those two guys, right? It was yeah, on the like Fuzzy the, Dice, um... and it was uh, somewhere else. Wait, wait, wait. Which one? The Fuzzy Dice. They were made out of Confederate flags, the two guys that were going to rob that store. Yeah, right? I didn't notice that, but what I did notice is the um, convenience store, the um, clerk in the convenience store who gets the gun. If you look at his hat, it's a Confederate flag on his hat. Right. Yeah, if you look at the movie, I mean, the episode again, if you look at the truck they're in, you look at the fuzzy dice, there are, there are Confederate flags on both fuzzy dice. Oh, wow. One of the things I found interesting about this episode was the time jump editing in in it and how in that convenience store episode, we, we go back to Big's childhood. And um, so in, I guess, just guessing what his age, he seems like 40, 50 ish, but back um, in that time, I guess would, would be like seventies, eighties in Oklahoma, there were Confederate flags all over the damn place in that particular part of Oklahoma. Well, Dukes of Hazard was on TV at the time, right? So it was kind of, it, it was a time, yeah. <laughs> For sure, Southern Rock was on the radio. It was a it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and they had a big old Confederate flag on their car. On this uh, episode, I also noticed them introducing themselves with uh, pronouns, uh, which I really appreciated. Uh, I know that that's kind of a, a newer custom that's becoming more practiced uh, in Indian country. And uh, I was working with uh, a youth uh, group here. And when that practice came into play here, the tension and conversation that it caused. Uh, and so it, it's nice to see how this, uh, this show is also um, creating space to make that a norm in Indian country, as a lot of natives are watching us all over. Uh, I think that was the second time that it was mentioned. They introduced themselves with their pronouns. It was. Well, so far, it's only Cheese who has been doing that. He did it in the first episode, and the junkyard guy was like, what are you talking about? And then he did it again, and then with Studi's character was like, okay, thank you. 
Yeah. I thought the other one may have too, but I remember it at least twice. Yeah, the junkyard guy said, I'm Native American, and that was the end of that scene. What were you going to say, Nia? Oh, I was just going to say what Studio said. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I noticed that. There was a lot of good conversation about Willie Jack's character um, last Tuesday. So that was that was cool. I love I love the way the conversation goes. And I, Willie Jack is one of my favorite too. I had a question. Um, so I know it was brought up earlier about like the different accents, um, and I think maybe like inconsistency around that. Um, and I know Neil, you're from Oklahoma, and this is where it takes place, and so. Like wondering if you feel like this, like adequately represents that region or you know where it's coming from. I I just think it's interesting because I was doing a little research on the different actors and actresses, and I know two of them are actually Mohawk from uh, Ganawage in the Northeast. Um, one was Dear Woman, and uh, oh, what's her name? Alora, the one of the main female characters so they're from the northeast i'm not sure where the others are but yeah i guess neil i'm just wondering do you feel like this um like really represents like oklahoma indian life or yeah i i don't really pick up on the accents too much um and if they sound authentic to the setting of where the episode or the show is taking place but I feel like the language does. The language really captures the people in all of the, the profanity and how many times they say in it. I don't know if other people outside of Oklahoma say in it. Um, but hearing that, you know, on a major streaming platform um, as, as a part of huge, uh, as, as a part of Indian slang in Oklahoma, that's pretty, it's pretty huge. But um yeah, I, I heard people talking about the the accents and I just I don't I don't really notice these actors' accents too much and if they're off to the you know, to the region and or the location of where the show is set. I, I don't notice it at all. Isn't uh isn't shit ass like a thing from Oklahoma too? Um yes, my dad used to call us shit asses. And in this particular episode, up until about ten minutes, um Big uses shit ass at least uh three times. Cause I went and re watched it and plucked all the vanity. But yeah, shit ass is a is a thing. I wonder do other Indian people use that outside of Oklahoma? Nope. No, actually, that's I, the first I've, time I've never heard it either. No, and meat pie. I found out what a meat pie was on the last recap, but shit ass. No, it was hilarious, but I've I've never first time I've heard it. About you, Thomas. Shit ass. <laughs> um, I've heard of uh, little shits, but not shit ass per se. Um. I think I may have heard it a few times from some older folks up in Idaho, but 
I hear little shits. Uh, I remember the last time my dad called me a shit ass. I think I came home drunk and I was like throwing up in the sink. <laughs> and he was like, you damn shit ass. You're wasting good alcohol. In it. Oh my god. Oh what? What what is in it? What does it refer to? I haven't heard that. Well, I've I've heard it in that new music and stuff and it's but what is what, what it's is, like uh in it. it's saying like ending a sentence with right. In like it. did you hear about so and so blah 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 and then say it. right? It's like right. In it? Like isn't it? But like in yeah, it. like we almost saying like right. I use it in a like negative way, like when somebody says something that's like um, something that everybody knows, you know, like a comment everybody knows. And you're like, oh, in it, like yeah, dumbass, of course, shit ass, yeah, and then or it's like uh, like saying you're in agreement with something. Okay, All so right. it can be used like a lot of different ways. Don't you even know how to be a real Indian? Sorry. <laughs> I got a bunch of them. Keep new ones, so come back next Tuesday and I'll have some more. more. Oh, and I got my favorite one here. But, yeah. Speaking, speaking of that song, I never knew that song was sung by a native band. That was something there. Wait, wait. They got a Recognition. Come on, Thomas. I didn't know. Thomas. <laughs> oh, my bad. Thomas. <laughs> I guess not. Come on, Thomas. Redbone. They're like it's like the <laughs> national anthem. This song. National anthem. For yeah. Sag, yeah. That's a. <laughs> you're like uh, cheese. I've never heard of it. Nope. 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 But yeah, I heard of the song. I just never knew they were natives. They have you seen them? The way they're dressed up? No, I haven't. Oh, you gotta watch some videos, old videos of them on YouTube. Check them out. That's speaking your homework. Of, speaking of awards, did you guys know that um, Buffy's character won a lifetime achievement award? Wes? Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. For Wes? For the Oscars, yep. He's awesome. This song plays. No, it was a lifetime achievement award oh. from, from the Oscars. But this song plays a lot at the Indian bars in Oklahoma. It's the national anthem for natives, indigenous. I'm gonna make it's it the, the opening song of that Marvel movie. What was that? The... <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, is it on there? Yeah, it's the yeah. first song. The and as, when I saw that on Guardians, I looked up the song, and that's when I found the YouTube of it. This was you know, when the movie came out, and the YouTube, you know, it's a stage performance. And the beginning, I think the bass player or the rhythm guitar player, he's doing a dance, full on, you know, in full. Uh, costume, it's incredible, and then the song kicks. Oh, yeah, and yeah, they were beating the drum, you know. Like, yeah, it's, that's a good that one. You gotta watch that one, Thomas. The one is uh, when I was talking yeah, about what's video. that movie incredible. called? No, if, if you just uh, Google or YouTube uh, Redbone uh, and the name of the song, 
um and then it'll just uh you'll see one of the one of the videos is going to be a live performance and the beginning of the song before they start the song it actually starts with a you know it sounds like a powwow i don't know what it's called exactly i don't want to offend anyone <laughs> you know just it, it's traditional you know pan indian music with the and they're full-on doing that and right. then and the guy is fully you know dressed and he's doing that on stage He's doing his own little dance for like a few seconds, and then the song starts. It's incredible. And he's the guitar player. Fun fact: um, one of the members of Redbone, Wally Vegas, uh, his son uh, BJ Vegas is actually uh, an artist who's, I think, on the brinks of signing a record deal in Hollywood. So, if anyone didn't know that, check him out. He's also his son. It's also a very good singer. And I think he's Yaki, Pete. Cool. And who whose son is this? Was it uh Lolly Vegas? Uh-huh. Vasquez of Redbone. His son is PJ Vegas. Yeah, they claim to be a few different things. Which has led has led people to question if they are being, whether they were being truthful or not, because they're from California, but they claim various tribes, including Yaki and the Shoshone. And um, interesting, but, you know, they also claim, you know, uh, a Latino identity. Don't you even know how to be a real Indian? Well, our people are mixed, so that makes sense. It's good to be indigenous. So, let's see. I invited, um, usually Cheryl Lee's here. I think she got tied up on something. She'd message me, but I told her I'd catch her up, but, oh, well. And Mark. Mark's pretty hilarious. But, um, who, do you want to, who directed this episode, AC? I know you, I know they go back and forth, right? Two directors, I think. Oh, she's not here anymore. The person from Yeah, this is, this is directed by Black Horse Love. He's a Navajo filmmaker. Black Horse Low? Yeah, Black Horse Low. L-O-W-E. Yes, he did Fifth World. That's what he's kind of known for. I haven't seen it. Is it any good? I remember watching it for um, Indigenous film class that I had. Yeah, we had a discussion about it and um, about like tradition. And um, is the it's a road trip movie. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a road trip movie, and um, yeah, and and, and tradition. <laughs> it's said it's said in modern day, but it's like it also ties traditionally. I wrote it down. I got a lot of movies to catch up on. I was I actually, you know, going back to episode five. I was. I don't know. I was like going back to episode four, the cliffhanger, to see if um, um, what's your character was gonna go join the dark side. That's what I was expecting. So I'm kind of pleasantly surprised it goes different. You know, it's a little bit different. So I'm still wondering. Eladora, I think that's her name. She's gonna go to the other, the other gang. Yeah, Elora Danny, and I. I also yeah. love that name because I was a big Willow, Willow fan. Man, I didn't like that they dug on that TV show, though. Or the, on the movie Willow. They said it was a 
bunk Lord of the Rings episode or something. (laughs) (laughs) That other gang did make an appearance, though. And that was an interesting situation. I didn't think, uh, actually, I I don't know why. I didn't think Cheese would go over there and just be a dick like that. But it was kind of like. Oh. Uh, kind of his character arc in this respect. Like, I always thought of him as just, ah, he's just a pudgy, you know, cousin that everybody keeps around. And, but boy, when he was over there, abuse of power because he's there with the police. It's <laughs> like, I it was weird. It was a weird it. thing for him, but. I forgot about you know, that. He went up in their face, huh? I gotta watch it again. I usually watch it two two times. Um, I really like episode three with Gary Farmer. I watched it like three times already, he's just cracking up, but, um, but uh, my favorite character, William Nice Man. And if you want that ringtone, just let me know and I'll send it to you. Isles of policing and how, you know, uh, the kid and how he was contrasted with how um, big was. You know, you, you get more, um, what's that saying? You catch more flies with honey. And you get more cooperation when you're like, yeah, yeah, that's relax. Yeah, the episode did address the three different levels of government, right? Because those other cops who were breaking balls in the street, uh, they, they were, were they the state or county guys versus the Okay, so there's a state versus the res. And then there was also just all the weed smoking and stuff. And the, the whole question about, hey, it's not, it's not illegal. It's like, yeah, but we're under federal law. You know, it's it very interesting. I love that part. This goes like, you know. Not to be disrespectful to tribal police officers, but like they're just like blazing it up in front of them. And they're like, "What are you going to do? You're going to send this to state court so it can get thrown out?" <laughs> right. And there's uh, they have hey, to. Shirley. Hey Shirley, they have to. Uh, they have like three, the res cops. Well, it's here. They have to. They have the tribal law, state and federal. But yeah, welcome Shirley. We're just uh. Doing a little hey everyone, I'm so sorry. I totally uh, did not see the time correctly. I thought it was at seven. No, so. I, I moved it up one hour just because our AC and our East Coast people. AC, come on, he's, he's, he's a, a night owl. Mark and them, it's like uh, <laughs> we're talking about. He did it on his own. We're talking about. He's uh, we're talking about say, journalists never sleep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we just recap. We talked about the deer lady and some cultures. I've never heard of the deer lady. We talked about the uh, little people. We don't want to mention them again because Loki Lana keeps going into the Matrix. She talked about them way too much. She talked about them way too much. And they can hear you even through Clubhouse. You got to be real quiet. Shh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done talking about the L people. And yeah, just the whole... Um, episode five was big and cheese and uh, the scenes and him going as a little person. I mean, a uh, youngster back. So what'd you think, Shirley? What'd you think of the episode? I thought it was awesome. Uh, just the fact with the feet, the, the, the digital um, uh, green screen that they did to put the feet on her. I just thought that was so ex- exactly how it should be <laughs> when you're talking about these stories. But I like the lessons of it. You know, at the very end, she explains, and that's the whole thing with these, with, with, with our um, uh, symbolism and, and the, the animal um, totems or, you know, in each tribe, there's a lesson with it. And I think that that was what really kind of came out. I really enjoyed it at the very end at the grandmother's 
funeral that um, she comes back and she explains to him, you know, you won't see me again as long as you are, you know, staying good and you're doing good things and, you know, don't be bad because that's what that's why I'm here. So I really like that lesson part of it. Um, and I hope that that was translated over to a, a new audience who always wants to know about Native cultures. But I thought it was great. And then um, what, what, what else was another good, good part? Um, the Confederate flags. Did you notice them on the fuzzy dice? No, I did. What part? Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. Do you believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> I did not. You know, there was a part, though, that I thought was really interesting was when Big does explain how he becomes, oh, what is a light horseman? I had never heard what light horseman was. Either. Oh, yeah, that came up. Neon, um, our expert, one of our panel experts. And so I figured it was just like uh, like how the warriors were the police people in, in the tribes. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the name of the uh, tribal police for Creek Nation. Very cool. So when Big explains the reason how he became a light horseman, and um, right after that, and then they're sitting in the car, or in his patrol car, and Cheese is there. Um, I thought what was really odd is that I think for a youth, I don't know, maybe each youth is different, but I, w- I would assume he had a different response because his response was talking about Batman. And he goes off on this long thing about Batman. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Like the youth that I know would be like, they would ask more questions about the dear lady. Or like, what was she like? Or, you know, what does that mean? Or, you know, something. But it, it went straight to this Batman thing analogy. And then it went straight to him hitting the dashboard and then fixing his tape player. So that part I thought was kind of, uh, I don't know. It's kind of strange. But it was okay. Do we have to like everything? I mean. No, we don't. I'm just telling you what yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, I'm just saying because honestly, like, um, the pickle thing and the um, copper people having the double dick or double dicks, it felt like a little bit over the top for me, but I don't know. Like, I like the show, but those little pieces, like, it just, I don't know. It just felt like a little much with the um, the dick thing. It was a little bit like... Trying too hard? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You know who I thought was trying too hard was Wes, um, Wes Studi. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fan of his acting for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I think he tries too hard. Oh, yeah. my God. I don't know. It, it kind of throws me when I see him that. Oh, I loved him. Oh, my God. You don't like Wes Studi? I like when he says, I like when he says croissant. I like <laughs> I liked it when he scooched over in the seat and <laughs> made up the whole story of oh. <laughs> the person running. The I guy ran out. He just won a award. him since Last of the Mohicans. That's interesting. Charlie, about West Duty. <laughs> it's not that interesting. It's just West Duty. I like Graham Greene over West Duty, actually. Oh my God. So, yeah, we're just uh, chit-chatting. Um, Light Horseman found something out. That's awesome. Meat pie. They know what that was. 
found that out. Dear Lady, first time I heard that. That was cool. Um, West Duty, Bucky. Yeah, that was cool. And the little copper people. We had an interesting conversation about little people, but we're not going to mention the, that no more. Nope. All right, good stuff so far. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. Uh, it's a recap of of Reservation Dogs. Episode 5, we're going to be doing this every every episode, hopefully from here on forward. And we just got a news that they're going to, they got uh, approved for Season 2. So I'm really excited for that. So yeah, we're just going to continue with the uh, Episode 5 recap and discussion with some of our um, indigenous um clubhouse peeps um including um let's see who do we have naom she's uh uh one of our regulars here shirley ac and nia we also have sky laurel yolanda daisy thomas manal lokalani a lot more to mention so these are some of our clubhouse regulars if you like their their discussion and their content make sure to like this episode and uh tune in next week when we go and discuss episode six episode six is called gone hunting i believe and uh um, we'll do a recap so join us next time so we're gonna go ahead and continue with the discussion of episode five so thanks for tuning in everyone and the funny part did you guys catch that made me crack up when they were um cheese was uh with the rival gang outside and he was leaving he said something about au revoir au revoir as they say in germany as they say in germany (laughs) did you guys catch that i was like awesome (laughs) it was hilarious and they were like what if the other guy isn't that french i don't know (laughs) did he do that on purpose i think he did i don't know yeah, that made me crack up, though. Au revoir, as they say in Germany. Oh, gosh. Oh, that was so funny. I, I kind of saw the, the, the little copper figures, almost like an allegory to native indigenous medicine. You know, hey, it's freaking people out. You know, don't do that. You know, and he's, he has his reasons for it that seemed, you know, spiritual and, and positive. Um, but, yeah, it's freaking people out. Don't do that. You know, it's, it was interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had a question. Has anybody seen a copper figure like that in your community or like the pickle, the beaded pickle stuffs or the uh, penis <laughs> stuffs from the other one? Because somebody made reference. I forget which character said, you know, uh, it's hard to get noticed these days. And so maybe it's the artist is trying to create something. Something like that. I mean, I think there's a lot of artists who have very particular styles, but personally, I haven't seen any that resemble private parts, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I 
How about snagging? The national anthem? <laughs> I've heard of snagging. No copper yeah, figure. No. No. Um, yeah, none of that beaded penis stuff. I've never seen none of that stuff, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found the uh, phallic beating more sensitive than the profanity. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's like Taiko Wikiki's um, influence on that. Because, like, in his Polynesian. Okay, so I'm talking about what, like, when I went to Dubai. Um, they, I, I lived on an island where like the Maoris came from, and they have this figure of Tangaroa, Kanaloa in Hawaiian, Tangaroa over there, and he's like the ocean god, and it's a very disproportionate figure, but um, it's a short stature stat, statue with a big phallus, and it's on the back of there's Queen Elizabeth on one side of the coin. And you flip it over, and I heard she got really offended when she saw that <laughs> image with the big phallus. And and I'm wondering if it's like his influence, because we see that like in here in Hawaii, like we have coconut trees are symbols of of cool, you know, very like upright kind of straight kind of things are symbols of or like what do you call those? Uh, in, avatars, as it, was, it would be or like representations of that god. And I wonder if that's like a Polynesian influence imposed on. That's true. Most Tiki and French Polynesia always have a phallus, and it was it was kind of it's just kind of normal. But you know, places that were influenced by Christianity more, you know, of course they had to start cutting them off and covering them up and getting rid of them. But yeah, <laughs> that's a really good um, analogy, and for. Sure, uh, the mainland, I don't know if that's the appropriate way to say it, but in our tribe, we don't even have anything uh, phallic showing. <laughs> so that's that's really interesting to know. You know, it's interesting, though, like churches have the steeples, and those are um, remnants of like the Roman um, pagan kind of symbols, like the maypole and those kind of things. They have steeples on the churches, and those are like... Uh, remnants of that kind of pagan, you know, symbolism. Not to take it off the D, but what about Chi? Take Chi's taking the, the cop to <laughs> the, the salvage yard and that guy having the book about the, the rope or the string book and taking it to the thieves. Kind of shook them in their boots a little bit. <laughs> That was hilarious. And you, you bring them here, why? <laughs> okay, so I don't, I'm to my knowledge, Kirk Fox is not native. I, what, is he the only non native in the show? I just think he's hilarious, though, his character in the show. And he's like wearing that choker. <laughs> is he the scrapyard? Don't call it a scrapyard. Salvage. Oh, that's <laughs> derogatory. Or, yeah, he's pretty funny. But I missed that whole book thing. I know it was Bucky. Someone stole his book while I was on the bench. But I missed, I, I kind of didn't, just went, went over me. I'm not sure what happened there. But I know it was in that salvage yard. 
Oh, you know what point I do want to bring up? And it was right when he does see Bucky, that whole scene at the bench and they leave and he's ready to go in uh, into the patrol vehicle. And then those, the, the city cops come by and they're razzing big. And she's like, Oh, these are guys I played football with. And they start saying their thing, but there's a statement that one of the guys says that the, the city cop says something about why are you, why are you in your old ride or your old patrol? And don't you have all that casino money? something like that, some statement. And I thought that was really interesting because that's an illusion, which we talked right. about in the book club Indigenomics, the illusion that people think that Native people all have money. So, because of casinos. I thought that was interesting. Yep, I remember that. All you have all that casino money, just buy yourself a new patrol car, right? That's so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I We got a casino. We got four casinos. Was it just me, or did you guys feel like, uh, like Big was kind of kissing her ass when they were still there, and then when he when they left, he was kind of like playing up, like, oh, um, what did he, um, what did he say to Cheese at that point? It was something like, did he say, "Don't become like them"? But when they were still there, like it felt like he was trying to like be in good graces with them wait say that one more time like i felt like he was kind of kissing their ass the white cops when they were there um oh yeah like playing it off like playing it cool but at the same time um he was getting insulted basically yeah like they were being offensive to him but he was still like trying to um ingratiate himself you know with them and then once they left it was clear that he had disdain for that like even though when they were like in his face like he was kind of like at least pretending that he wanted to be in good with them hmm. i felt like when i when i watched that i probably like overanalyzed it and thinking about like my community and how like of course we have our own tribal police but we also rely heavily on surrounding um police departments um, for for our own needs. And so I was kind of wondering if that was a reflection of that dynamic where our tribal police do work with surrounding municipalities, state and federal police because we lack the resources, like a, as it was kind of displayed in the old cop car to address the needs in our community. But maybe I over read into that. No, I no, think I that's, like exactly, that. that's exactly Yeah, and also, And it just showed like... Uh, you know how um, how they treat us, how they treat our officers, in in this relationship that we try to maintain with them a cordial relationship, but yet they just like downplay us and and you know and like good luck us showing up to help you or whatever they said when they pulled off, you know, give us a call for backup when we won't show up or something like that. You know, another thing I was going to say about that was um, the cops. Uh, Oh, that it that maybe that's what makes big, you know, his virtue of being good is that even though he knows he's getting razzed by them and insulted, he has the ability to say something. But he's just it's he's his character and his um, his values are way above them to even stoop to their level. That kind of a thing. Yeah, that's why I did. You said, forget it. You know, you don't be bad. You be good. 
yeah sorry to cut you off there i, I thought you've done just but i i just like really appreciated that part of the show as well showing that you know uh that the tribal police officer is not gonna uh you know arrest um buck bucky for stealing the truck you know he's not gonna throw him into this this system that he knows that is unfair and unjust uh he's he's out for a greater good and, and tribal police yes, do that Thomas. i'm not saying about all of them but you know some do can someone in the room um anyone who is familiar or who did grow up you know on reservation territory like can someone tell me why is it you know the statistic about um native american men being killed by police um at the highest rate in the country like does anyone have like background or an explanation about what's going on there like which police forces are mainly responsible for that would that be like local tribal police or like white federal cops like off reservations or like how how is that happening who's mostly doing it and on my arapaho side in uh western oklahoma it's town cops that are killing the native men yeah here in, on on our res here we have a lot of uh we we actually formed the first tribal police department in uh in california for uh um self-determination under self-determination uh, because of the, the the killing of tribal members from non well we don't have a police force at the time from county and state officers and like even to this day we know that we can't really go to the neighboring town and act crazy because that's where all the Indians get killed, you know, right off the reservation over there. So um, it's mainly non-tribal police officers. That's kind of a huge blanket statement. I do can, I can recall a, uh, a tribal police officer not enrolled here, uh, killing a tribal member as well. Will. Yeah. And also I, I don't think that statistic is to just reservations. I mean, 70% of our people live in urban communities so um i don't think that statistic is just to reservations yeah daisy's right so that data comes from the centers for disease control and prevention and it's nationwide it's not they didn't say oh we're only going to look at any country it's actually police agencies nationwide that's where the data comes from thanks um thomas I'm also from California, so I'm going to reach out to you. Um, that's very interesting. Um, I live in like Marin, so kind of close to Sarah. Um, anyway, thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for the question. Little known fact, I wanted to be a police officer. I even because tried out. I even tried, like <laughs> I even tried out for <laughs> cop, being a cop twice. And, uh, I went through the whole thing, the, the written exam, physical, psychological, the test, everything. And um, I didn't make it to the quite top tier. I talked to the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the the proctors, and they said I, I was just missing by like one person ahead of me got into the academy. So I was pretty close. I could have been a tribal cop or a, at least cop somewhere by now. A light horseman. That would have been cool, Pete the Light Horseman. Wait, I get a I get an air horn.
Oh, sorry. It's funny you say that point because Big reminds me of you. You have a similar voice. Oh, okay. Really? Interesting. You know, uh, sorry I got cut off earlier, but Thomas was bringing up something about how he doesn't arrest um, some of the people that are doing wrong or minor wrong. And the same thing, he, uh, you know, when they went to the uh, housing area and like they're all smoking weed and he's telling them, put that out. And grandma, put that out. You know, <laughs> I'm a federal cop. You should be doing that. So he still knows the difference between good and bad, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Anybody know what the next episode's going to be called? I know they put them out kind of early. I'm not sure. AC, do you know? I do not know. And I was actually curious, too, because um, I want to know how many are left episodes. Does anybody know? I think there's there eight are, episodes. Yeah, eight, right? There are eight episodes left, and the next one is called Fucking Red Dog. What? Let me write that down. What is it called? <laughs> Fucking Red Dog. Is that uh, rated R? It's awesome. So eight episodes. I'm definitely going to do another one for next Tuesday. And, well, the rest of the season. I'm hoping it goes on to another season. I will um, go into my email and search for a few actors that have been in these episodes and I will invite them and let's see if they show up. You just have these connections like that, Neil. Dang. <laughs> Man. I, do. I do. I and I, I save it for stuff like this. And you get I'm the air horn. You get the air horn twice. Get dear woman on here. Check oh. out her hoofs. We. Oui. <laughs> so does Dean. He's always on the red carpet. Right. He's actually up in Six Nations. It's we're close to where two of the the Mohawk uh, actresses are in there. Yeah, to ask him. Dean's all bougie. Yep, he's up there. But Neom, that would hey, Uncle be Pete. awesome. Stop Uncle Pete. Pete. Your Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete. That would be awesome if you could. So I'm gonna schedule probably when I get off of this the uh, this room today. I'm gonna schedule for the next couple episodes for sure. And I hope you like it. I mean, I got some cool effects. I like this guy. William Nightman. Oh, oh, oh. William Nightman. You know what? That that would make a cool ringtone. Imagine sitting in a room or a meeting or a conference, and that comes on like really, really loud. That'd be awesome. William Nightman. Oh, oh, oh. Invite him, Neil. <laughs> okay. Well, isn't Bobby Dews on Clubhouse? I saw him once or twice on here. Someone mentioned it wasn't yeah, Gary. He's one of the writers, Bobby Wilson. He's also, or used to be, with the 1491s, but he goes by Bobby Dews on Clubhouse. Okay, for next time, just make him a a, a moderator and, make, and force him to show up. That's what I was going to do with Gary, but someone mentioned. I think it was Mark that he's filming right now, somewhere. I reached out to him, but yeah, I think he's busy. Gee, I was kind of surprised he played the mean uncle on here, but he softened up. Was that Uncle Brownie? Uh, Gary, the mean uncle on uh, on Res Dogs, Reservation Dogs. Oh. He was kind of mean at first, but he softened up. That was like one of my favorites so far. His old dirt weed? Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Because <laughs> like, you know, I always think about like, 
you know, what I used to smoke when I was like a teenager, like that stuff was like, there's no way in heck I'd smoke that. I don't smoke now currently, but you know, that was some old dirt weed we used to get on the reservations. That was crazy. That's how the weed still is in Europe. Crazy. That's yeah, nuts. it's really bad quality. Like, it's different from the new stuff. Harsh. Make you choke. That was a funny that scene. Was, I, I, I grew up in Idaho, so that was Idaho weed. Here in Hoopa, they've always had, you know, we live in the heart of Humboldt County. So they always had dank, but it's crazy nowadays. It's so much potent compared to what it used to be. Knock your socks that, off. That that scene didn't make any sense to me. You know that that wouldn't have preserved at all. It would have just turned to like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that many years. <laughs> it didn't look too preserved, but yeah. I love how the uncle acted like it was like wine, <laughs> like it was going to get better. Yeah, that was my favorite. The owl and all that. That was cool. I really liked it. I wonder if Jerry will make uh, another uh, performance in the remaining shows. It yeah. seems like we are going through the entire Sterling Harjo universe of characters. And I don't from what I can tell, from what I'm sensing in the show, we are only going to get a glimpse of all of these characters and all the major um, Native American characters. I I wonder when Adam Beach will end up in one of these episodes. The Beach House? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> AC, is that Beach House in California? Maybe that's where they're headed. Yeah, it's still Uncle open. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of them, they they joined TikTok, so you guys should go check out TikTok because both they just joined like a couple weeks ago. Are you still subscribed, AC? No, I only did it for that one month. Cause... Platinum fan member. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Number one fan. That's funny. Oh, oh man, I had my, I did my air horn, but you didn't hear it. All right, so let me check the time. We've been, oh, we're going to go on for almost two hours. Pretty good. That's about last time we started another show, a little after party off of this one. But um, we'll probably go on for another 10 minutes, make it a good two hour little recap. um, And then we'll end it. If someone wants to start another room. Well, thank you, Pete, for inviting me, and I look forward to next week, and I will be in touch, but I'm going to jump off here now, and okay. I'll see you guys later. Sounds good. Later, I'll make Thanks, you a mod. Naom. I'll make you a mod next time. AC, of course, all his knowledge. Naom. Cheryl Lee. Remember, 6 p.m., Cheryl Lee. Pacific 6 p.m. this time, Pete. Thanks. Thanks a lot for not reminding me. <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> And, uh, well, uh, one thing I did want to ask all, all for All for AC. It was no, it still was, late, uh, by the way. I can, well, I'll, show you the, I'll show you the receipts. I'll send it to sure. you. Sure. <laughs> but I wanted to ask everybody, what does everybody think that about the fact that they haven't mentioned their friend since the first episode, the one who passed away? 
and I thought maybe oh. they would talk about him again. Yeah, that seems a little incomplete. Yeah, do you think like... maybe it'll be the last episode, or, hmm. or are they going to cliffhanger us? That's true. Good observation. Maybe they're they're working up to it. What do you think it would be like? I have no idea. I watched them all in like all together because um, I was out of the loop there for a while. But I thought that they that he showed up in a different episode when they had his memorial, or that was the same episode. It was all the first episode. The memorial closed. The memorial closed out the first episode. Okay. Yeah, that was. It's an uncompleted story there, and the 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 trek to California. They're coming. They're coming to visit you, Thomas. California has always been like the favorite spot of Turtle Island. <laughs> oh God! Oh, it's, more <laughs> it's still the most populated. It's still the most populated. It's still the most diverse place in all the world, and you know, even historically, yeah. pre-contact, ninety-three well, different languages spoken. <laughs> well, one thing I did was was in the back of my mind when they talked about California was. A lot of Oklahomans, especially Cherokees, Creeks, and Choctaws, they moved out to California uh, after the Great Depression. And so you go and you'll see a lot of tribal meetings for those three tribes in California. And even the tribal leaders will have to travel there because they want to reach out to their citizens who live in California and uh, they want to you know, get their votes. So at least that's what I thought maybe in the back of my mind, you know, it's kind of a kind of a, a homage to all the Oklahoma natives who moved to California. Yeah, and that's a big including problem. some of my cousins. <laughs> were they 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 were like agricultural uh, migrants, like during the Dust Bowl and stuff like that? I believe I believe they left because there was no there was little to no There's opportunity nothing. in Oklahoma, so they just went they went west like a lot of other natives. Yeah, and the Indian relocation from the Ozarks, like like the people from the Ozarks too, who migrated over to California, you know, to pick fruit and stuff. Oh, interesting, cool. Thank you. That was yeah, that was cool. Indian Relocation so, Act brought a lot of natives to California oh, okay. as well. Yeah, um, the number one native spoken language in California is actually Navajo, uh, and their nation, although very big doesn't have any ancestral lands here in California, but it just shows the um, how a lot of people now live here from all over. So registered members jobs. of a nation can vote uh, from another place. They don't have to live in the uh, in the nation to to exercise their city, the, the tribal elections to participate. Every nation has different rules and protocol regarding their sovereignty and elections. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, the the Oklahomans do, but like Oglala Sioux, you have to live on the reservation. But some they you know, they have elections open for anybody, no matter where they live. Like a citizen Potawatomi has an at-large seat, and the at-large seat is to represent people who don't live within tribal territory. So it just depends. But the 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 Cali- the California and even Texas, you'll see a lot of the. Uh, leaders of the Oklahoma tribes, they visit them often because there's such a large contingent of their people who live in those two states. 
And uh, Cher- former Cherokee Nation chief Wilma Mountkiller was the first woman to lead their tribe. She grew up in Oakland, so she was part of the Urban Indian Relocation Program. Oh, that's what it's called, the Urban Indian Relocation Program. And it occurred around the time of the you know civil rights era, you know, when a lot of them were coming over. Well, the relocation was a remnant of the termination area in the 50s, 50s and 60s. So, you know, the idea was that, oh, Native people, they need to succeed. So let's move them to cities. That was the thought. So it was post Alcatraz. uh, Yeah, exactly. That was a a reaction to that. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, interesting. We love it. We learn a lot on this. Recaps. Meat pies, dear ladies. Relocation. Thanks, AC. All the knowledge. Shirley, all the moderators. Love it. Yeah, in our nation, uh, you don't have to live on the res to uh, vote for the elections. So we have groups in uh, Texas and uh, California, too. There's a large population in uh, Fresno, California. And our um, candidates travel up there to that area of Fresno, little parts of uh, California, San Diego, too, during election time. I have a question about that uh, in modern times as far as the relocation programs that existed in the past that really separated a lot of our uh, tribal communities and, and fanned them out across the country. Ultimately, if it continues as it is, the abandonment of them leaving a tribe or just that emptiness leaves you know your reservation vulnerable does anyone have any thoughts further like this continues because it's really disrupting a lot of the connection the young people are having to their their cultural ties in terms of um, stories and I'm, I'm referring mostly to navajo because i know the navajo youth are that are living in urban communities are really not taking up the stories the the history as they should, and, and it's just changing generation after generation it's really fast right now, too. Any thoughts? I think that was kind of the point as well as the for the Indian Relocation Act is to strip members away from their community um, that it, they may affect cultural identity, uh, the continuation of who we are as, as Native peoples. Um, you know, they take away also like our future teachers, our future doctors. Um, so that was the, the reasoning for it, I feel. I was gonna say, I think it was just another strategic opportunity, colonial, like colonize, a way to colonize people and an opportunity to like strip people from their land base, right? Cause when you disconnect people from their land, then you're in many ways, disconnecting them from their culture and their language and their ways of being. And, and to do that is, I don't really like using the term vulnerable, but it's in a way to attack people in a way to, I think also with the attempt to take that land from them. So yeah, it was all part of the plan. Just this, these mass, all this genocide and colonization is just, continuing to rebrand itself by the government over and over in different ways and different strategies. It's like each region of the U.S., especially in the mainland, my, my family
family live in Utah. And has it's very interesting over there. My family is forming. And uh, you know, the my mother was telling me about, oh no, the uh, the set the Mormon settlers came in and got along great with the Native Americans and you know, they kind of went hand in hand and, and cooperated. It was like another uh, Plymouth Rock over there. <laughs> and then you start reading into it, the, the Mormon Indian Wars, you know, they, they basically landed into the most fertile part of the valley and then just slowly pushed them down south until they're completely out. And just south of my mom's town, there's there, there are several Indian reservation lands. I mean, most of them are just like mountain ranges. I mean, totally uninhabitable. I mean, it's just very strange. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear that y'all's perspectives on. I think we need a little bit of Redbone. There you go. Thomas, you got to watch that YouTube video. Come on. I will. I will. For sure. He hasn't seen Redbone. He gets one of I these. didn't even know it was a native band. Shh, dude. Oh, That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't even know I'm I'm cheese. Are you a real Indian? Thomas, Thomas is too young. He's just, he's just a babe among us. Yeah, we're uh, Manalis. I, 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 yeah, I always do the songs when we need the natives. So is Thomas cheese? Yes. There you go. Perfect. We're going to call you Cheese. <laughs> I told, I told, do you know what's nagging me, Thomas? Oh, please. I do know what's nagging okay. me. Cheese. I'm vegan, though. I can't be Cheese. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can be soy cheese or alternative almond milk cheese. Tofu cheese. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's your homework. Redbone. Videos. YouTube. And you gotta sing it back to us next time too. The acoustic version. I got a question about the deer lady thing. Um, it's are getting, they all helpful? It's getting um, dark though. We gotta. Oh, yeah, sunset over here. Yeah. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. It's dark I'm over here, and I'm a I'm a guy, so it's like you guys scared me already. We should do scary stories. But, um, <laughs> oh man. See, now you're starting to freak us out. Hey, yeah, <laughs> there's no daylight here. What are you freaking us out? Pete, no one will talk. It's, it's, it's pretty dark right now. You guys freak Dude, me out. We can't even tell stories. <laughs> freak me out with the deer lady stuff. And Driving over here person. at Buffalo Park. Talk about deer. We, oui. Yeah. That's scary. Charlie, it's Nia. Yeah, but um, I think for us, like the less you know, the better off you are. <laughs> no, never mind. Now I'm getting all spooked over here. <laughs> That's how I was feeling earlier when we were all talking about people we shouldn't be talking about. I had to go burn some medicine, and I got all scared. <laughs>